0: Good morning. This is the Financial Nuggets podcast with me, Michael Palmer. So two weeks ago, we started talking about basic financial strategies for your kids and for you and how all of these things go together. And if you, the business owner, can save money on taxes and give it to your kids, that can be a pretty great strategy, right? That's a true win-win that people like to talk about. But taxes are probably your biggest bill in your personal life. So we're always trying to manage this as best as possible and as efficiently as possible. Generally, we all love our kids and we want the best for them. Of course, there are moments when that's not true, like when my son walks up to me and just decides to pour a smoothie on my shoes for no apparent reason. I mean, what goes through their heads? I I just don't understand. But uh, anyways, I digress. We love our kids and we want the best for them, which always means we're trying to teach them to be responsible little humans, or at least for the most part. So... We were talking about some pretty cool strategies that help you and help your kid and help your kid learn some valuable lessons around money, giving, savings, taxes, spending, hard work, entrepreneurial skills as well, all of those things. But we talked about paying your kid either as an FCR employee or as a non-FCR employee, but regardless, paying your kid and lowering your taxes and using your kid's standard deduction. By doing this, your kid avoids taxes. And your kid can put that money tax-free into a Roth IRA and invest it and it grows tax-free. It's a pretty great strategy, but requires some intentional thinking and some intentionality, so make sure you're talking to your advisor or CPA or whoever it is about this to get it right. Now, deciding on where to save your children's money depends on your financial goals and the purpose of the savings. Whether it's education, long-term growth, or just simply teaching them about saving and investing, there are various options available, a lot of different choices. It's always advisable to consult with a financial advisor to create a tailored saving strategy that aligns with your objectives and helps protect Protect your children's financial future. Remember, the earlier you start, the more time their money has to grow and compound, which ensures a brighter future for your kids. So just the sooner you start, the better off it's going to be. And we all generally know that to some extent. Now today, I wanted to talk through some more things about kids planning in in your children, but more specifically to younger kids, kids that aren't earning an income, or maybe even a grandkid planning if you're in that stage. So you want to save for your kids or grandkids. What do you do? Where do you put the money? Well, there are a few options, but they all have pros and cons like anything, and none of them are good or bad. It just really depends on what you're trying to accomplish. And probably the most commonly asked question is about saving for kids' college. Well, there are many ways to do that, but first let's just talk through savings in general for kids. This isn't an exhaustive list, but I wanted to hit on a couple big strategies that are common for parents to think through. Let's start with the obvious, a savings account. Now, there are some high-yield savings accounts out there right now that are paying 4 or 5%, which is awesome. Two years ago, you would have been lucky to get 1% in those savings accounts on your money. So the interest rate fluctuates. Um, there's discussions right now that interest rates are going to come down in 2024. Nobody really knows, but you know the interest rate fluctuates. The big pro in a high-yield savings account is that the money is liquid. You can use it for anything and not pay any fees to access your money. The con is the rate of return. For example, the S&P 500 has averaged about 10% over long periods of time. So you give up the opportunity cost of investing, but you also don't have to worry about your money decreasing. So a pro is liquidity. A con is the lack of rate of return over long periods of time. Another con is that it can lose to inflation if it's just sitting in that cash or that uh, high yield savings account. So even if it's not going down on paper, it could be increasing less than the inflation rate. So just In the last year, inflation came close to 10%. If you got 4% in your high-yield savings account, you actually lost 6% of your money in real dollars. But the cash is there and it's available. It's sitting there looking pretty, waiting to be used, and that's the huge win. And that's the purpose of cash. It's to be there when we need it or want it. Now along the line, same lines of cash, you can also do a CD, a certificate of deposit. And this allows the bank to guarantee you a rate of return over a specified period of time. For example, the bank guarantees you a 5% rate of return for a five year CD. If you keep the money in the CD for five years, you get a 5% rate of return. The pro is that you know what rate of return you're getting. And normally, but not always, it will be higher than just keeping it in cash, depending on the length of the CD, because the bank has to pay you to use your money and lock it up. The con is that you can't access the money during that time period. Another option um, for kids' savings is investing, right? You can always open up a custodial account, which means you're on the account because your child is a minor and you can start investing in stocks and bonds for your kid. The pro is that hopefully you can get a higher rate of return on your investment, than if you just left it in cash. But the con is that there is no guarantee on that because of the investment risk. Another pro is that it is generally accessible within a couple of days, depending on the investment. Meaning if it's individual stocks versus mutual funds that might get pushed out to three-ish days um, on you being able to access your money, but it's generally pretty accessible relative to other investments. You could also just go buy bonds that are generally less risky than stocks, but go listen to podcast 19 when I talk about the basics of investing to learn more about that. But bonds mature at certain dates, so you could just hold it until those dates and collect a coupon. One quick example are discount bonds. Sometimes people use these to save for kids college. Basically, you just buy the bond at a deep discount, hold it for 18 years, and then collect the money right in time to pay for college. Um. All right, another strategy is a whole life policy for your kid. So there's a few reasons to do this, and most people don't typically think of this as a strategy for kids saving. So let me explain here. Um, Again, talking about a whole life insurance policy. The first reason you do this is for the reason none of us ever want to spend any time thinking about, but it's for the death benefit. God forbid if I lost a kid, it would be beyond terrible, but the death benefit could give Nikki and I some breathing room to take a break from everything if we want. We could even use the death benefit to start a charity or, or you know, give the money, I, I don't know, but it creates breathing room. The divorce rate on couples that lose kids is crazy high, and this could just take some of the pressure off. Okay, now the way that most people use the life insurance and plan to use it is by using the cash value. So it cash value generally stinks at the beginning of the policy, but over time it grows deferring taxes and it's guaranteed. So it doesn't care if there's war, pandemics, elections, or whatever, it still goes up every year. You could pull the money from the cash value whenever you want and for whatever reason you want. So the pro is the death benefit and the liquidity of the cash value. The con is that it's not a short-term play. It's kind of a midterm. You won't have very much cash value at the beginning, but it will grow over time. And the longer it grows, the better it performs. So when your kid is 25, for example, and making up numbers, you could give her this policy and it's guaranteed to go up. It's a pretty great thing to be able to give. Or cash it in for a wedding, down payment, or whatever else comes up because you can access that money. There's plenty of liquidity there. Okay, let's finish this up and talk about savings for kids' college. All of the ways I just described can be used for your kids' college. Cash, CDs, investments, whole life, all of them can be used for college. Now, 529s exist for college planning. In short, you can put money into a 529 each year, and that money will grow income tax-free as long as it is used for qualified educational expenses. Things like room, board, books, tuition, computers, um, you know, just anything like that. But back to pros and cons, the pro is you're saving for your kid's college and using that money to pay for it. The con is, is that money inside the 529 is designed for college. So we don't really have very much liquidity without penalties and taxes. So now Congress has passed some things recently that allow for more flexibility, like being able To pay for private school education K through 12 and even being able to convert some of the 529 to a Roth IRA over time, but generally, this money is tied up for college. That's the purpose. So, if you want to buy your kid a car, you can access the 529 money, but you're going to pay some pretty hefty penalties and taxes to do so. I'm generally a fan of maximum flexibility. I, I barely can figure out what I'm going to eat the next day, much less plan out if my kid is going to college or how much it's going to cost. So at the end of the day, the time you spend with your kid teaching and answering questions will be priceless. Kids learn so much just by watching, but it's also our responsibility to take care of them and teach them and also save for them as much as we can. And I'm going to start doing some more podcasts on retirement planning soon, but the greatest gift you can give your kids is to be financially independent in retirement. You're not putting pressure on them to take care of you when they're in their 30s and they're starting families and things like that. So at the end of the day, all of these are good options. Cash, CDs, high yield savings accounts, whole life investments, cash value, 529s. Like none of them are necessarily good or bad. It's just understanding which ones make sense for what you are trying to accomplish and what your family is trying to accomplish. Back to what I talked about in that, that podcast last week when I first started talking about kids was just responsibility, right? I just, I felt a lot of responsibility for my kids. I know some other people feel the same way, but a part of the responsibility is teaching them about money and teaching them how to think through these things. And at the end of the day, the time you spend with your kids and teaching them and answering questions will be priceless and kids learn so much by watching. And if you're planning with things like this, it'll be great opportunities to teach them in the future about what you've been doing for a long time during their life. All right. I think that's good. on talking through kids, planning, and saving. And I I know this question gets asked a lot. Um, So I I wanted to do a podcast to talk through a bunch of this stuff. And um, I know we talked through a bunch of different options and strategies. Of course, reach out if I can help. Um, You know, my website, michaelgpalmer.com. I got my email, phone number. Um, Just feel free to reach out if you want to pick my brain or if I can answer some questions for you. And that's all for today. So I will talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Now for the fund compliance piece, register representative of financial advisor, Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PASS, OSJ 5280, Carroll Canyon Road, Suite 300, San Diego, California, 92121, 619-684-6400, Securities, Products, and Advisory Services offered through PASS, member FINRA, SIPC, financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PASS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian, Westpac Wealth Partners, LLC, is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Pass or Guardian. Insurance products offered through Westpac Wealth Partners and Insurance Services LLC, a DBA of Westpac Wealth Partners LLC, California Insurance License Number 0L49687. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice, although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable. Please note that the individual situations can vary, therefore the information should be relied upon. Only when coordinated with professional, individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PASS Guardian or Westpac Wealth, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, it's subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Georgia Independent Operators Association, GIOA, is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PASS or Guardian. This material is intended for general use by providing this content. Park Avenue Securities LLC and your financial. Representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make recommendations for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. All whole life insurance policy guarantees are subject to the timely payment of all required premiums and the claims and the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company policy loans and withdrawals affect the guarantees by reducing the policy's death benefit and cash value. Some whole life policies do not have cash value in the first two years of the policies and don't pay a dividend until the policy's third year. Talk to your financial representative and refer to your individual whole life policy illustration for more information. Policy benefits are reduced by any outstanding loan or loan interest and or withdrawals. Dividends, if any, are affected by policy loans and loan interest withdrawals above the cost basis may result in taxable ordinary income. If the policy lapses or is surrendered, any outstanding loans considered gain in the policy may be subject to ordinary income taxes. If the policy is a modified endowment contract, Mac loans are treated like withdrawals, but as gain first subject to ordinary income tax, the policy owner is, 59, is under 59.5, any taxable withdrawal may be subject to a 10% federal tax penalty. 2024167493 expiration 126 ooh that was a lot